Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com. Joining us today is Sita Ferlani. She's the Director of the Information Technology Laboratory at NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Welcome, Sita. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. You're welcome. Looking forward to it. You propose restructuring NIST's Information Technology Lab. How would the labs be restructured? Why is it important to do so? And how would the restructuring affect the IT security guidance NIST is so well known for? We've taken a, an internal assessment of the strengths of the lab and we've identified our core competencies, one of which, of course, is directly related to cybersecurity. And the lab's been in a, the same structure for a number of years, and there is opportunity to be stronger and better focused on the ever-changing environment that we live in, particularly in the context of strengthening our cybersecurity program. Much of what we do in other portions of the lab, other than the computer security division, are currently assisting our cybersecurity efforts, but if we had the chief cybersecurity advisor positioned in the lab headquarters, which is one of the proposals, there will be a strengthening and of a multi-collaborations across the laboratory. The other piece that I was looking to do, or it's all a proposal, is to offer new opportunities for leaders within the lab, that there would be new groupings, new opportunities for strengthening the, the leadership. And again, with the cybersecurity emphasis, having Kurt Barker, our chief cybersecurity advisor, sitting at headquarters and more able to assist in collaborations across the entire laboratory and having the oversight of all the work that's going on in ITL. It's very hard to think of cybersecurity as being separate from the needs of information technology more broadly. And so in the context of thinking, let's say, usability, uh, the context of thinking software assurance, the needs of the standards that are underpinning such vital national programs such as Smart Grid, Health IT, the voting standards, there's a very broad context for what we do in cybersecurity that needs to be reconsidered and how we can be stronger and more able to adapt to the future. As you know, FISMA, the Federal Information Security Management Act, and directives from the Office of Management and Budget direct federal departments and agencies to follow NIST guidance. A big complaint about FISMA is that it measures whether government officials comply with the rules aimed at safeguarding IT assets rather than determining if those assets, IT systems and data, are truly secure. Is that criticism of FISMA fair? It's a difficult question because I've seen it from the CIO side, and I do agree that having checklists is not the most effective way to understand whether your system is secure. We work with our colleagues at OMB, and we try to find ways to do what we can do from a technical perspective. We are the technical arm, not the policy people. In the context of how the agencies are measured, that's one of the things we've just done with 853 and working with the intelligence community as well and the DOD to have a baseline of what the standard control sets would be across all federal systems and then to have a risk management approach as to which sets are the most applicable to an individual agency or entity's needs. If we can determine your level of risk and the appropriate measures to support that level of risk, that would be a, a much more effective measure of how things are going. Again, it's kind of like going back to deciding how you're secure you're going to make your house or your bank vault. You decide a certain level of risk given on where you live or what's inside and how secure you build your defenses. So if, if agencies can make those same decisions and document them, make it clear what those decisions are and choose accordingly, I think it'll be an easier understanding across the board. 
And again, coming back to 853, trying to make the control structure uniform across the entire federal government, we believe, and determining what level of risk someone has, we believe that that gives a way that the policymakers may be able to re-identify how things should be measured. We are not the policymakers. We do not make those decisions. We only provide the technical guidance. When it comes down to making the policy, that's the White House's job, not missed. I was having a conversation with Ron Ross, one of your leading IT security experts. Absolutely. And he strongly believes if agencies properly follow the processes to comply with the regulations, IT systems would be secure. What I took from that conversation is that for many people, called human nature, following rules is hard. Well, and I think one thing we are working with and had some success is trying to have automated tools in place with the FDCC and the SCAP to identify whether the controls are actually implemented as intended and ways to both verify that they're there as intended and maybe to say what needs to be changed. So it is an awful lot to ask of the human mind, to put it that way, to know every machine on every network and exactly how it's been configured. But if we can successfully deploy automated tools, which we have a big conference at the end of, of October look in Baltimore looking at the varieties of ways automated tools could be used for this very purpose. And so I think leveraging the community's strengths and the knowledge that's out there, there are ways that we can assist our federal colleagues in attaining a, a higher level of security more easily. Legislation before Congress would de-emphasize among departments and agencies the so-called paper compliance we've been talking about and emphasize real-time evaluation of security of IT systems. How's NIST gearing up for that change? In the context of strengthening, I mean, that's one of the issues I'm trying to propose new ways of using the resources we have more effectively in the proposed reorganization. If we do need to staff up, we have a clear understanding of where our prior priority positions are and what we need to do most urgently. It's really the intent is to be more able to use our resources effectively to address this ever-changing environment because we really have a, a significant body of expertise that can be applied in appropriate ways, but figuring out what those are, and that's why we'll benefit from having the Chief Cybersecurity Advisor sitting up here at headquarters and helping guide these decisions for the laboratory. Federal laws and directives direct federal agencies and departments to comply with NIST guidance. But in my conversations with local and state chief information officers and chief information security officers, they also seem to follow this guidance as well, even if they're not required to do so. So in the context of the uh, state and local governments, we have been very pleased that there's been a lot of understanding of the value of our work. And one reason it is so highly valued, as you know, is that we publish everything we're doing in a draft and take many, many, many (laughs) comments uh, in the the tens of thousands comments that we respond to and post our responses. So there really is an ownership of our publications and our standards in a way that the private sector, the state and local government, other federal agencies all have some ownership in how the standards come to final form. Anything else you like that? I think it's a very exciting time in the context of the president's emphasis on how cybersecurity is to be viewed and his emphasis on transparency and openness, which of course is one thing NIST lines up with very easily, and trying to figure out how our work and where our technical expertise can have the greatest impact and help him do what he needs to get done. It's a very exciting time, and again, having the stability in the NIST leadership will certainly help us identify those priorities. And you're looking forward to new kinds of challenges, new types of ways to measure IT security? 
Absolutely. People think of us as only the standards, and you can't really have effective standards unless you can measure that you're meeting those standards, and measurement typically means testing. When we talk about our research efforts and what we have to focus on, it always comes down to what is measurable and how can we best provide the testing capability. And in, in the context of, say, IPv6 right now, we're working on providing a testing capability for the federal government on the, against the government IPv6 profile, which we help develop. It, there are unique characteristics of what this brings to the table, the measurements and standards and underlying testing that has great potential to affect many of the national priorities in smart grid, health IT, etc. The excitement from where I sit is figuring out where we can have the greatest impact with the resources we have and how best to move the standards, measurements, and testing along to help industry and our federal colleagues to take advantage of the innovations that are coming downstream that are giving us these wide open opportunities for new ways of doing things every minute. It seems like every minute of the day. Even when we're talking the uh, pandemic, we're talking about how I can be used to anticipate and prepare for that. When it comes down to where NIST fits, it's always back to the standards, measurements, and testing, and figuring out where our unique contributions can have the greatest impact is my daily job, and that's part of the fun. Not that there will be fewer standards, but the idea of maybe greater emphasis on measurement and testing of real-time systems, for example, is, is a challenge that I guess people in this would be excited to tackle. When you think of standards, if we're not part of the standards development, I'm thinking more broadly now of the consensus-based industry standards as opposed to the FIPS-FISMA-mandated standards. We are very active participants in these broader community industry development standards, international standards, but where we bring the particular expertise is our understanding of how to measure and test. And if we can provide interactive feedback to the standards world as the standards are being fleshed out, whether this standard can be tested against, what it means to test against it, what needs to be locked down so that it can be fully understood and, and vendors can build to it so it can be tested against. Where we contribute in the broader sense of standards is frequently our knowledge of testing and how things need to be measured. And it's that feedback loop that builds better standards all the way along. And, of course, the ones that we put out, we do that almost as part of the air we breathe because of the need to have that loop of testing, measurement, and finally good standards that can be tested against. Thank you very much for taking time to speaking with me today. Okay. Thank you very much. That's Sita Ferlani, Director of the Information Technology Laboratory at NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. For the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.